0: Welcome to Base Liberty, your source for politics. The government is way too big, way too intrusive, we are overtaxed. History. The right to self-defense is a natural, God-given right. The founders clearly understood this. Economics. We can't just keep printing off money, we can't just keep borrowing money. If you think this path is sustainable, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. And more. From a Liberty perspective. I've got to disagree with you there, the income tax is clearly immoral. Because it assumes you don't own the fruit of your labor, the government With your host, Darren Wisely. Deregulation and decentralization are the answers if we're ever going to get this thing back on track. We need to look to families, churches, and charities, not the state. What's going on? Welcome to Base Liberty episode 26. Darren Wisely here. It's Monday, October 19, 2020. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I've got to spend some time with family, and that's always really good. So today we're going to talk about the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearings. If you haven't heard my take on Amy Coney Barrett, check out, I believe it was episode 17, I don't know, it's called Amy Coney Barrett, so it shouldn't be hard to find, there's not that many to search through, but it was the second most viewed episode that I've released, and that'll give you... A little bit more background if you'd like that and you haven't checked that one out yet. So there's a lot to like with Judge Barrett. She's cool. She's calm. She's collected. Um, she seems to never get rattled. So she, she's just a real real cool character. I mean, I, I really enjoy watching her responses, watching her poise. You really love to see that. You know, she's obviously extremely intelligent course you've probably seen that picture of her holding up the notepad what's on your notepad and she just says well it's just the senate letterhead so she has no note she comes in there doesn't get rattled able to answer any question that she wants to Uh, she really is in a league of her own comparing her with uh you know these political hacks up there who who don't know a thing but really it's just political theater the republicans have the votes and uh, this is this really is all for show you know, people wanting to go to their constituents especially the democrats saying you know doing their grandstanding all the oh, so many of these questions were about trump basically just to show look we oppose the orange man and we oppose his nominee uh speaker pelosi has said we'll do everything we can to stop this really what are you going to do i mean nothing <laughs> there's nothing they can do they have the votes this is all constitutional And the president's elected for four years. So, I mean, deal with it. It's all a big show. Now, we had Diane Not-So-Fine, Feinstein, the Democratic leader of the Judiciary Committee. And she's the one, if you remember, from 2017, said that the dogma was strong with Barrett. Um, Of course, pointing to her Catholic faith, And I I talked on this on the other episode about Barrett um, being a devout Catholic, of course that has the left up in arms, but you know, this kind of rhetoric, this kind of thing uh, sounds a little contrary to Article 4, Clause 3 of the Constitution, which forbids any type of religious test. So this really flies in the face of that, Um, just kind of a disgusting thing to say in my opinion. Now... In, in this week's, Feinstein made the comment that Barrett would have big shoes to fill from RBG. I mean, okay. I mean, big shoes of what? RBG just uh, voting in favor of what policy preferences she likes? She kind of tried to throw this, take this uh, not-so-subtle jab saying that this is a rush process, and Barrett's just going to carry forward the Republican policies. Well, that doesn't sound much like anything Barrett said, if you've listened to her. Now, again, we might we might not we're not going to know what we get, just like with any judge until they're appointed. But everything she's pointed to shows her as an originalist, and uh, that isn't the job—justice—to carry any party's policies forward. It's their job to uphold the Constitution. It's not their job to make policy. And it's funny that she talked about a judge carrying partisan policies. That's just what Ginsburg did. So you praise Ginsburg and then turn around and show concern that someone is going to do the same thing but for the other team. And that's that's the problem is these Democrats love activism as long as it's for their policies. So – I mean, they don't care at all about upholding the Constitution, the proper role of the judiciary. And and that's so evident in that hypocritical line right there uh, from Diane Feinstein. And of course, Kamala Harris had to um, make her presence known there. She was very concerned. She said that voting rights and equal justice are at stake. Really? I mean, what does the Supreme Court have to do with any of this? She said this, that the Republicans are trying to use the Supreme Court to do their dirty work, to get things through they couldn't get past. Really? Um, isn't that exactly what the Democrats do with things like Obamacare? With things like Roe v. Wade? I mean, that's literally what they do. I mean, it's it's laughable. I mean, these policy considerations, that's your job. That's the Congress's job, not the court. The dirt, the court has done dirty work, and it's because things haven't gotten through, but it's generally not a conservative or right-wing dirty work. It's almost always radically left because these Democrats in places like California and New York who have super liberal bases can't get their policies through because the Midwest, even in the more liberal or purple areas don't like the radical some of these radical views so socialist type policies so what do they do well hey we can't get it passed in the congress so we just punt it to the court make the court get it through that's exactly what they do and the other thing harris said that is just absurd she referred to it as this illegitimate process How how is this illegitimate? I mean, this is totally constitutional. This is the constitutionally laid out procedure. I mean, if you don't like it, you can amend the constitution. That's fine. But how is this illegitimate? Because you don't like the outcome? I mean, that's the problem with these people. Dr. Gutzman posted about this on Facebook. He said, someone needs to press her on it. And it's true. Kamala, how is this illegitimate? But you think you being the vice president, and as she's alluded to, actually running the show as president, that's legitimate, right? Interesting. You want to be vice president or acting president, whatever she thinks she'll be. But she doesn't even understand the basic constitutional structure or procedure. But I've talked about her... Uh, enough in other episodes. Obviously, everything she does is as an opportunist and self-serving, so I don't want to belabor that. Continuing on with dumb questioning, we have Cory Booker, uh, never failing to disappoint. Um, When we're talking political theater, he is an Academy Award winner or Oscar winner. I don't know all all these prizes or trophies. I don't really watch any of that stuff, but Uh, The American people should decide, and he says it three times over and over, just to make sure that soundbite gets on the news. Oh, it did, and trust me, he looks stupid. Cannot normalize it. People are voting right now. The American people should decide. The American people should decide. The American people should decide. I will not be voting to confirm Judge Barrett's nomination. (laughs) Uh, he's talking about the will of the people, like he's Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Well, this will of the people mentality, this general will being carried forward. Well, first off, you're talking about this nine-person oligarchy that makes rules everyone has to follow. That's completely contrary to the will of the people. But on top of that, this will of the people notion is very scary because what always happens is politicians say, When there's a policy they like enacted, they say, oh, yeah, this was the will of the people. But then when there's a policy they don't like, they say, this is against the will of the people. So they always flip the script to their own political convenience. And then Booker also asks, just straight out, do you support white supremacy? The look on her face, uh, it's pretty funny. Like, no, you idiot. Uh, I actually have adopted black kids, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we cleared the air up on there. And Maisie Hirono may have stolen the show. I know, talk about big shoes, all these other um, very intelligent and nuanced and deep questions. But Maisie Hirono basically asked Barrett if she's a sexual predator, if she's ever harassed, um, assaulted, anyone like that, or engaged in them. And again, it's like, no. And... Maisie Hirono by the way my friend had a dog named Maisie, really good dog. But uh Maisie Hirono says Using the term sexual preference, that's offensive. Um I've never in my life heard anyone from the LGBT uh Q community say this is offensive. I mean it's a it's a preference. Um I prefer Hamburgers to hot dogs. Uh, That's a preference. It's not saying it's a choice. It's just saying it's a preference. Uh, I do prefer it. You might prefer ketchup to mustard. You might prefer one sport to another. I mean, it's a a preference. You know, the term sexual preference, but uh, this is the Orwellian world we live in where every five minutes, the word you can use changes. And if you don't fall in line with the new speak, then you obviously are a bigot, someone who has to be cast aside. And, and, I mean, this political correctness, and I've talked about this in other episodes, I mean, it's just spiraling out of control. Um, But this is just another stupid, oh, sexual preference, that's offensive. I mean, had to get in her two minutes of grandstanding for her constituents. What I really liked throughout this... On top of Barrett's demeanor is she very well seems to understand the proper role of the judicial branch. She's asked a a lot of different questions. She's asked about the precedent in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which upheld Wade uh, in 1992, the Affordable Care Act, um, even things like George Floyd and racism, and, and how to fight racism if it's systematic, things like that. But she says... These are policy questions. She's exactly right. I mean it's it's like they're like, "Wait, what? You're not going to just uh legislate for us so we don't have to do anything because we can't get our policy through?" No. Those are policy questions. She's absolutely right. And she laid out this perfect Quote on originalism. I posted this on my Facebook after I heard it because, it, I mean, it sums up bu- beautifully. I interpret the Constitution as a law, that I interpret its text as text, and I understand it to have the meaning that it had at the time people ratified it. Okay. So that meaning doesn't change over time, and it's not up to me to update it or infuse my own policy views into it. So in other words, you're, you're bound by the people who wrote it at the time they wrote it. That keeps you from substituting your judgment for theirs. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Uh- I really like what I heard out of her, <laughs> and I was listening to some of the hearings when I was driving to Kroger to get a few groceries on YouTube. And uh, my phone falls on the floor of the seat while I'm driving. And it's out of arm's reach, so I don't want to risk picking it up. So I just say, you know, I'll be there in five minutes, whatever, I'll just listen. And it's a clip from the view. (laughs) And uh, whatever, you know, but after listening, you know, I kind of wish I would have risked it and picked it up and changed it. But anyways, so Whoopi Goldberg was talking and, and they're giving their expertise because they know so much about the Supreme Court constitutionalism and, and what makes a good Supreme Court justice. I mean, these are some deep thinkers here on The View. Whoopi Goldberg was talking about how she's worried about Barrett's experience because she's only been a judge for a few years. Okay, Whoopi, thanks for thanks for your concern. We'll, we'll take that into account. And uh, one of the other ones, it might have been Joy Behar, I don't know, said the only thing I don't like about her, she wasn't very transparent uh, in answering these questions. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, now she was really transparent. Um, Actually, that is completely incorrect. Ginsburg originated the Ginsburg rule, which is what Barrett was following. Others have followed as well. The Ginsburg rule was Joe Biden's idea when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was confirmed to not uh, answer questions that would speculate on outcomes because of course Ginsburg is a wild leftist or was a wild leftist <laughs> so no Ginsburg wasn't super transparent. Um, she's the one that started that rule so maybe get your facts straight there. I mean Elena Kagan followed this. Uh, she's kind of set this this rule it's kind of set this precedent so it's just uh, it's just funny how they will completely distort the narrative. I mean, we're not just talking about uh, skewing it. We're talking about just a black and white lie. <laughs> but what all this really comes down to with uh, the left, the Democrats, screaming at the sky over all this stuff is almost all the policies they want are unconstitutional. They, If they're honest, they know this. Obamacare... Roe v. Wade, federal gun control, it's all unconstitutional. So if you have enough originalists or even quasi-originalists and they're actually going to uphold the Constitution, that (laughs) would fly right in the face of everything these Democrats want to do. So they are scared. I mean, it's just too bad. Nowadays, things just get passed. You know, they don't debate the constitutionality. I mean, that's not even a consideration. It's uh, how are we going to get reelected, or uh, who's this going to affect, or whose constituents are going to be benefited the most. It's never about the... const. There was a time, actually, when the constitutionality was argued. That day has long since passed, which is too bad, but um, it is nice to see someone get on the court who actually cares about the Constitution, and get a majority of them, maybe we can start repealing the insanely oversized federal government. Of course, at least 90% of what they do is unconstitutional. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's going to all go away overnight. And that's the other funny thing about Democrats, these people on the left... You know, they act like if Roe's overturned, everything's going to go away overnight in all 50 states. I mean, that's obviously not true. We have a federalist system. That's why this ruling is unconstitutional. But they don't care about that, and that's the problem. They want their rules to apply to everyone. They're not happy just having a socialist utopia in California. They want us all to live by it. But normal people in the middle of the country do not want that. That's why the most radical items can't get passed. That's why they need the court to shove it through for them. And that's why people, a majority in the court that abides by the Constitution, is such a threat. Now, we don't know what she's going to do. We know she's going to get in there. We don't know what she's going to do. But she clearly, at this point in time, threatens the Democratic agenda and power. But they're all up there, of course, trying to dupe their voters um, into thinking, you know, health care is a constitutional right and all this other stupid stuff. But, I mean, their voters did vote for them, so, I mean, I guess they're uh, easily fooled. I mean, imagine if Hillary Clinton won. I was just thinking about this. I mean, if she had had three appointees right now, I assume with the type of people she'd pick, (laughs) <laughs> would be legislating every type of right under the sun away, oh, man, it, it would be a real mess. So that's concerning. <laughs> um, so that's thankful, but we'll have to see how this election plays out, of course. Uh, Trump's, Trump's definitely not perfect. He has done a pretty good job with appointees. I mean, you know, Republicans have not been that good at it. Of course, most of the Democrat picks have just been awful. Neither party has been awesome, but so far, so good for them. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how things play out, but it, it could be a good direction seeing the court move to an originalist perspective. And ultimately, I really liked, and I'll finish up with this, her quote about Scalia, his influence on her, she talked about that a little. And the respect for the rule of law, because that is the proper and constitutional role of the judiciary. It's not to make policy. It's not about if you agree with the outcome or not. Because we're governed by laws, not by men. And and that is true. So, hope you enjoyed this episode that's a little bit of the highlights of the wild week last week of confirmation hearings. Um, again, it's all for show, a lot of virtue signaling, a lot of trying to show off to their constituents that they hate Trump, and uh, obviously a lot less aggressive because, than with Kavanaugh because that really came back to bite a lot of the Democrats. So, hey, take care. We will see you Wednesday. Have a great week.